Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This week's episode marks the 20-year anniversary of the beginning of the television series Most Haunted, which was presented by myself. Happy birthday to us. With over 20 seasons and over 300 episodes covering hundreds of haunted locations, including castles, stately homes and pubs, not just in the UK but around the world, this programme has been a huge part of the lives of many who are interested in the paranormal. We asked you on our Facebook and Instagram account for your favourite episodes. And just in case you haven't been on any of those sites, here's the address. That's at Paranormal Activity Pod. And we had a huge response. Some of you found this difficult. Amy Barnett won saying, it's like picking a favourite child. And Grace Davis saying, all of them. I used to watch them with my mum on a Thursday night. I wish it could come back to our TV. Some of your favourites included 30 East Drive, Pendle Hill, and Standon Hall, which I have talked about in previous episodes. We also had Drury Lane Theatre, Edinburgh Vaults, and of course, the Black Country Living Museum. Now, I'm just going to talk briefly about the Black Country Living Museum because it really does stand out as one of the many, like I say, hundreds of locations that we filmed at. But I don't know what it is. It always sticks there in the back of my mind. I absolutely adore door uh, this location. We filmed there twice, once for Most Haunted and the other for Ghost Hunting With for ITV. And both times we had some great experiences and there were loads of different ones. And for those of you who've never been to the Black Country Living Museum or have never seen the programme, it's basically almost like a deserted village that dates back to the Victorian times. There's a church, there's a school, there's a pub, there's sweet shops, there's a general store, there's streets, there's all sorts of things uh, there that, that sort of really summon up the feel and the vibrance and the atmosphere of what a village would have been like during the Victorian times when the Black Country Living Museum was at its height um, with its industry. 
So many people have filmed there, including, of course, Peaky Blinders. It's just a fabulous place. But I remember particularly myself and Carl going into the schoolroom. Now, as you've heard me say many times before on this programme, that schools, prisons, old hospitals, theatres, anywhere where lots of people, pubs, lots of people have been and come and gone and there's lots of energy, schools being one of them. So we me and Carl go into this little schoolroom, and as soon as we get in there, um, I think something is thrown, and we could hear a little child giggling, and I think we captured it on camera. And it was absolutely fascinating to me. I was terrified because the other team members were in different buildings or down the road, or you know, you weren't in screaming distance of each other. So here I am with my husband Carl, and for those of you who watch Most Haunted will know, he's very sort of brave and come on, do your worst and you know, pull my hair or pull Yvette's hair. And I'm like, no, no, let's just do it nice and gently and calmly. So anyway, there's a a blackboard there with the alphabet in chalk on it and there's the old-fashioned desks and chairs. Um, And all the chairs, it's like one bench, one long bench and one long desk. So we put the camera down on the left-hand side, I think, on the top of the desk. And myself and Carl sit next to each other. Well, we start to hear this knocking and this tapping. And then we start to, to hear and feel like scratching underneath the desk. So I put my hands on top of the desk. I was like, oh, I can feel it. I can feel it. And then the knocks started happening. They're coming more. And the next thing that happened, this table, this desk, it just rose off the ground and smashed down, nearly taking the camera with it. And then it started pivoting. The whole big, heavy table connected to the bench started pivoting around and it was every time we asked a question respond with moving the the desk please can you respond and it did and it was unbelievable and then again something would be thrown and then we'd hear another little giggle or a little um you know running of feet it was one of the most wonderful joyous And it wasn't scary. It was a joyous experience. And that's what I love about the paranormal. One minute you can be absolutely, pardon me for saying this, shitting yourself. And the next minute you're laughing with absolute joy because you're experiencing the ghost or the spirit of of a child or children that are wanting to talk to you. And they're doing this by moving these really heavy objects. It was fabulous. So like I say, if you ever fancy a great afternoon out, go to the Black Country Living Museum and go and have a look round for yourself. And when you're in the schoolroom, just call out and see if anything happens. Another of your favourite episodes is one of my daughter Mary's first ever investigation, Eden Camp. Now, Mary will describe exactly what sort of place it was and here to tell us, here she is. Mary. Hello. It's so lovely to have you here on the podcast. Now, you're a big favourite with the Most Haunted fans. Mm. They absolutely adore you. And one of the reasons why is because you're much braver than your mother. And when we're together, you really sort of push me. And and uh, But you see, 
I'm an old dog. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. No, no, I'm an old dog that knows some old <laughs> That's tricks. True. And I know some of the really horrific paranormal phenomena that goes on in some of these places. And you're so sort of, come on, let's go. And I'm thinking something's going to come flying at you <laughs> and knock your head off or rip your face off or scratch you. So I think that's what it is. Yeah. Because you haven't experienced as much as I'm I have. I'm just excited. I just, I'm just excited to do it. I know you are. So tell us, cast your mind back. I think you had a very fluffy perm at the time. I and did. I think it was your very first foray into Most Haunted. It was. Tell us what you remember about that experience. It was, was it Eden Camp. Yeah. It was Eden Camp. And, um, and I remember because I'd been, I was very nervous and I got you to do my makeup. Um, yeah, you did my makeup for the for, for the show. Red lipstick, red lipstick, yes. and it was you did my eyes and everything. Mm. And uh, and I remember being very nervous when you started putting it on because I was like, oh my god, this is this is you know I'm actually doing most haunted now. Mm. It's not just sort of you know being at home waiting for you guys to come back. It's now I'm actually doing what you guys mm. do. Um, but it was it was the weirdest thing because I didn't know what to expect until you actually do it. It's very easy to watch it at home mm. when you you know and, and, and watch you guys running around but and try and picture yourself in that situation but you actually have no idea what that feeling is until you're doing it which is I am alone and yet I'm not I'm alone in this dark room with this stupid steam machine thing <laughs> that was hissing every 12 seconds or whatever and the gate moving and hearing all these things and knowing there is no other human being with me right now. So just explain what Eden Camp is for those people who've never seen that particular episode so or ever been there. Eden Camp is, it's a, it's a, it was a World War II prisoner of war camp and it housed <clears throat> a lot of Germans, basically anybody that we kind of came up against. They, they were uh, kept there and they were treated very well, um, even to the point of when, when the war was over, a lot of them didn't want to go home mm. because they were treated very well. Um, and so it's got it's got a lot of little huts that they used to be kept in um, the prisoners of war. There's a lot of um, there's a bungalow that was there. There was a chapel as well, which is where you and Glenn went off uh, for part of it. And there was this um, kind of theatre area, which is where Jenny and a lovely lady called Louise as well. They were in the theatre area. Yeah, which they? is kind of like a bar area. Yeah, it was now, like a like bar a club. cafe yeah. thing. And they that was that was so funny to watch them and hear them screaming down the radio to us. Because the door kept opening on them, didn't yeah. it? And I think Louise accidentally grabbed Jenny's boob. Yes, yeah, she did. <laughs> there was there was quite a lot of screaming and raucous for over there. And I think I just remember hearing it over the radio. because um, we'd all gone at that point. Yes. We'd all split off. But you now most people on their first you know, in, induction into Most Haunted will be quite happy being with the team and not wanting to go off on their own. But I'll never forget you straight away. I'm going on my own. <laughs> and I'm just like, are you insane? What's wrong with you? You're obviously, a, you know, your, your father's daughter. <laughs> straight away, you went off on your own. Not a problem. I just, and I was so worried about you. I, you I wasn't really concentrating on what we were doing because all I kept thinking about was my baby girls out there in this enormous, sort of I don't know encampment in the dark in the middle of the night <laughs> and when I watched the footage back I actually had tears in my eyes oh. because I could see and hear the total fear in your face so just remind everybody you were in one of these sort of hut, hut things. things and in this sort of hut thing it was um 
it kind of had a, an exhibit of mm. what it was like when a bomb had gone off or something like that. That's right. Yeah. And so that's why there was this <clears> smoke <throat> machine and there was this, there was this, it was kind of fenced off and there was loads of rubble pretend and mannequins. Rubble and, pretend ma- yeah. rubble and mannequins kind of inside this shed thing. And there was really only a thin kind of walkway that I was on. So mm. there wasn't a lot of space to move. Well, this smoke machine was going off every, you know. And making a hissing noise. making a hissing noise. I know, so I was absolutely <laughs> shitting myself. On um on this thing and 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 you know running around thinking that I was hearing doors opening because there was like a that. door if I remember right there was a door at the very end and because that, it happened to me as well yeah and you could hear almost like scratching or mm. something moving because there was a cat wasn't there there was that kept wandering around and honestly I think I was on the ceiling and had to be peeled off yeah because you'd be like what the hell is that and you'd hear this door open on it and then you'd hear. Yeah. and you're on your own you're like what, what the hell and it's a, it's a cat but that it, with you there was no cat there was no, no explanation was for no, it because there were a couple of things that happened with that door and I remember I was hearing it and running around because I remember I'd hear something from one end and yes. I'd have to sprint over there and yeah. so you know in going through all of that I was absolutely cacking myself I just and it's funny because unless I, I kind of in a weird way wanted something mm to either be thrown I wanted something to materialize out of nowhere because at least then it would have been right and that's what we all want is to see something right in front of you but to hear the stuff and not be able to explain it when you know when it was happening that was brilliant and then of course after that you then joined the most haunted experience team Mm. or it was around that time wasn't it yeah and so of course then every weekend you were off (laughs) Um, uh, going around the country um, and, you know, investigating all sorts of haunted locations. And by the way, I know I mentioned most haunted experience, but a lot of people, they still come up to me and say, did you ghost hunts? I would really like to join in on one. Yes, there is. It's called mosthauntedexperience.com. Have a look on there and you can uh, choose any location uh, to spend the night in. But Mary, you don't do them anymore, do you? I don't. I don't. I I, I wish I could. But you do. Come with me. I do come with you when you when you're on an event. I'll um I'll I'll tag along. But yeah, no, is in at, at this current moment in time, my weekends are usually filled with me wanting to relax rather than yeah, <laughs> a, a week of being in the RF. Um, and so with you joining Most Haunted Experience, as I say, you were all over the place going to different locations. Which place, which haunted location stands out in your mind for you, where you just think, oh wow, it has a fantastic <laughs> atmosphere. And, and, you know, so much happened and you, f- you felt really like you were right in it. You know, this is a real haunted location. I think there's there's a couple. There was obviously that time at Accrington Police Station where Ooh, three, yeah, th- three members of the public, they got locked in a cell. It's a courtrooms and cells. And, if, and I'm sure a lot of people have watched the episodes and the lives that, that were done on it. But there are some cells that are uh, below the courtroom and uh, we were doing an event there and just for like safety reasons you know before kind of the events and stuff all the door locks are locked open so Mm -hmm. the lock juts out um so if you kind of close the door too it won't so you won't get locked in a cell so you won't get locked in a cell um basically now we don't do that we don't have the keys to this we don't have anything like that so we literally just we just come in and do it and everything's all set up and ready for for us to go but we don't have any keys to to lock or run lock anyway we're in the middle of this event and i'm i said to people what do you guys want to do a little bit of your own ghost hunting see if you can call out within these cells because it's quite really it's quite frightening it's a horrible these, place, these, yeah. these cells they're very 
cramped if you're trying to get a group of people in there. So we split them all up. Very Victorian, um, aren't they? Big, yeah. thick, tiled walls yeah. and big, big, heavy doors. Benches that yeah. are jutting out from the wall and one singular toilet. You can yeah. imagine how that smelled towards the end of the mm. night. That lovely. And yeah, no, it's in they, um, these three people went into a uh, into a cell and we were pushing the doors too. So not slamming them shut or anything, pushing them too. And um, yeah, no, this one word, these three people, and all of a sudden you just hear chunk like that and I turn around and I see that the door is not mm. it's not left open it's completely shut and I grab the door handle I'm rattling it and I open it and uh anyway I'm going that's not good <laughs> so I run over to the other team member who happens um, to be a police officer yeah who happened to be a police officer and I said oh, we've got a bit of a problem <laughs> and I said there's there's three people that have been locked in this cell and you know a lot of thoughts were going through our mind because we obviously we had to kind of stop the event there because we had a very serious problem mm. we had to say to people listen you can leave if you didn't get refunds all that or you can stay and most of them chose to stay because it was because it made it was, the newspapers it made the newspapers <laughs> it actually made the, the papers anyway so yeah they they stayed and it was just you know we called we had to call the, the fire, fire brigade yeah. we had to call at one point the police had heard what was going on over the radio and decided that it was that unbelievable that they wanted to come and check it out so a SWAT van appeared outside and you can imagine me <laughs> our SWAT van appeared outside and around nine police officers all tumble out going oh we, we heard that there was something to do with most haunted and paranormal event and people being locked in a cell can we have a look at us like, we can have a look but you know and they all they, they even did a bit of a Ouija board I they think. did a so Ouija they did board a Ouija session board. didn't they, they? Did. yeah they did and they did so what happened to the poor people in the, in the cell we had to pump loads of air into their cell because <gasps> there was this big industrial saw that they had to use to basically Oh, the door. and the fire the firefighters that were there were basically like we don't think it's paranormal probably just a, a, a lock like the, the the lock might have warped or something yeah. like that anyway what was really interesting was when they cut through they actually went there is no way that that lock has been warped that has been locked in <gasps> so as if that has been manipulated manipulated yeah. so someone had to have had a key bearing in mind we didn't we you had to unlock and then lock it and again. And then lock it again. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the best thing was that whole thing was caught on video. And that's and you actually see there's nobody there to lock these people. Yeah. You actually see the door shut and them being locked in. But those poor three people, um, I think we gave them lots of free tickets, <laughs> we, didn't we? we did, yeah. But they had the most amazing experience. Well, yeah, I mean, it, uh, frightening, but amazing. Mm, I'll tell you what it was, actually. It was just ironic to come out at around four o'clock in the morning and there's two two fire trucks, fire engines. Oh, You've got, a, at, at one point, they got the mountain rescue team out because they what? didn't think they'd get the lock done. Really? You had a SWAT van. You had the fire <laughs> chief's car. You had the, the, all the... the the whole lot was out so that was probably the most memorable and weird experiences because and it was just out of anything that could have happened it was it was that and then I always think Shrewsbury Prison in, in there's been some really weird stuff that's happened there yeah so that those those two will always kind of be stuck in my head we do um well, well Carl puts together doesn't he um these little most haunted we call them shorts so when we go and do an uh, event a most haunted event before we go and meet everybody we'll go off on our own mm. and we'll just film with a camera perhaps a tiny little 20 minute uh, vigil and Mary and I and you can actually see it on the most haunted app and Mary and I went to Shrewsbury Prison. We opened the main door to Sea Wing, was it? <laughs> and we stood with our backs against the door. And there's nobody else in this prison. No. And what happens? Oh, there was, it was 
calling out a little bit nervously, and then it was just bang, 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 bang. Like that it was, was like all of these all the doors, doors just, just slamming. Yeah. And I'll never forget because we, you screamed, and yeah. then I kind of went the oh, like that. Mm. We then darted out, and then I was trying to give you a pep talk to go back in. Yeah. And yeah, we did go in a couple of times. We did go in a couple of times, but we wouldn't go any further. And again, going right back to the beginning of our conversation, and I kept saying, and you can watch this on the app, I kept saying, Mary, <laughs> you don't know what this thing is capable of doing. I nearly had a crowbar, you know, could have killed me. It's, you know, snooker balls come flying, everything. So there's something very violent in there. Like we've talked about prisons before, prisons do house what seems to be very violent poltergeist mm. activity. And Shrewsbury Prison, you're quite oh, right. Oh, God, is one of them. Um, but Gloucester Prison is even oh, better. Oh, yeah. No. Have you been to Gloucester? I've, yeah, I came for filming there. <gasps> That's right. Yeah. Did you experience anything? Um, I don't... I, I think I was just... I think I was... I think I was there as a you runner were, or you something. Were, I was there right. as a you runner. Or a, you weren't on it on it. No, were you, I wasn't no. on it. No, it's and I think I was just happy to be there. Were, I was yeah. just happy to be there. <laughs> happy to be in a haunted prison. Yeah, lots of people listening, uh, I'm sure, and possibly asked you when they when meet you on a most haunted experience. But when you were growing up, what did you think? Because you weren't allowed. I said you're not allowed to watch Most Haunted. Well, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know until until you told. Until, and that was only when. And I remember it was my last year of primary school that I knew what you guys did like that's when you told mm. me so it was what year so I must have been 10 mm. because obviously I, can, I think any parent out there would never tell their children yes ghosts are real mm. when they are terrified of watching Scooby-Doo which you were so <clears throat> I didn't know what you what you really did as in I just knew that you and you and Palmer on the telly mm. and then obviously I found out when I was 10 or something. I and didn't like, oh I God. say to you, it's all fake. We just make it up. It's yeah. acting. And then I remember. Because I, I didn't want you to, you know, you're seeing, you know, your dad collapse on, you know, one episode. You're seeing this, that. And I just didn't want you to watch no. it. I think it was, it was one of those where um, you told, and I, and I think, you know, I think any any person, any any good parent in that situation would have done the exact same mm. thing because when you look back at what was happening, mm. which was you and Pa collapsing and things burns, being thrown, burns, yes. actually physical, physically yeah. injured, yeah. you don't want your kids to see that. And go, no. Jesus. So, no, it was in, I, I, I think I remember um, it was it was a nanny that we had at the time. She flipped on very, very briefly and just the night vision scared me when I was very, very young, when I was 10 or something, and I didn't like the night vision. Oh, I'm sorry <laughs> you've got such freaky parents. <laughs> I'm really... Parents I'm actually a... holding a hand as I'm saying this. I'm so sorry you've got freaky parents, but you do love it now, don't you? Oh, I you? do love yeah. it. I wouldn't have it any other way. And, uh, and, and at the end of the day, who who else can say that their parents have shown them that there is 100% an afterlife? Who else can say that? I am rather proud of that. Oh, yeah. I am rather oh, proud yeah. and that, that you as a child grew up you know, when you're a teenager, knowing that there was life after death. Mm. And, and being comfortable with it and yeah. not being scared of the dark, yeah. basically. I know, you're flipping brave now, let me tell you. <laughs> well, an absolute pleasure always. Mm. Will you come back and be on the podcast again Oh, soon? God, yeah. Whenever you invite me, just summon me. I'll be somewhere. <laughs> I'm a witch. I'll summon another witch. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This week we have a lovely email from Nathan who had some spooky experiences in a mansion in Wales. He got in touch at paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. Hi Yvette, my name's Nathan and I thought I'd tell you about the experiences I've had in a house called Plastag. So in Plastag, it's a Jacobean mansion and it's just situated out in North Wales, which is not far from where I live. It was the home of the Trevor family during the 1600s and it was bought by the current owner back in the 80s. It was a derelict building and she's just refurbished it back to how it was. It's a beautiful building. I know you've been there with Most Haunted. So when I went, I went on my 18th birthday. It was a paranormal evening and they do a couple of them. I think they've stopped now because of the pandemic, but hopefully they'll be starting again soon. So we started off the evening. It was just a lit walk around the house just so we could see the rooms we'd be investigating. And they just tell us briefly the story of each room, but not enough just so we could get have our own individual experiences. So after the lit walk around, we turned all the lights off and we started going around the house. We had several experiences. We had knockings, tappings, people being touched. I was touched a couple of times as well. And we went into this panelled bedroom. So it's on the top floor of the house. And as you'll know, there's only two staircases to get to the top, one either end of the corridor. So you, because you basically have a long corridor and it's got different rooms coming off each side. 
So we go into this panel bedroom and the leader of the event says, does anyone want to go into the bathroom that's joined onto this bedroom? So I said, yes, I'll go. And my friend came with me. So we go into this bathroom and it is pitch black and they shut the door behind us. So it's a big, heavy oak door. While we were investigating, the door kept opening and we kept having to close it. So we'd done a bit of a test just to make sure it wasn't us shifting the floorboards that may have maybe opened the door and it wasn't doing anything. So it was very, so the only way to have opened that door was to have physically pulled the handle down and pulled the door open. So as we're continuing the our little vigil in the room, I start calling out and we weren't getting any responses, but apart from the room going very, very cold. I can't tell you how cold that room went. It was like someone had opened the door through a refrigerator. So we start calling out and I start talking to this ghost and my friend starts getting a bit scared. So I said, no, well, come on, there's supposed to be a spirit in here and we're asking him to present himself. So I start egging the ghost on, which I know I shouldn't do. And my friend kept saying I was a bit like Carl, egging him on. And right in between us, we heard a deep, the deepest growl I have ever heard. It was like a, <sighs> well, we jumped out of our skin. We start screaming and we head to go towards the door to open the door. And I don't even need to tell you what happened. The door was already open. So the other team group of people that we were with came running in. They said they heard a growl in between them as well. So we all pile into the, into the bathroom so we can carry on getting more good activity. It was so frightening. The mir- There's a mirror on two legs and the mirror kept banging on against the wall, like bang, 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 like constantly. And it started getting quite aggressive. So we closed down the vigil in that room and we moved on to the next room. And in this room, it's known as the panelled, be- uh, sorry, the twin bedroom. And in this room, there's supposedly spirit of two children. The names are Jack and Emily. And the story goes that they were, e- they were either murdered or they were killed or they just or they died in that room. So while we were stood in a circle, we kept feeling little footsteps running around the outside of the circle, and you'd briefly feel like something brushing against you. It was about the size of a child and it was the strangest experience I'd ever had experienced because we'd also get lights going around the room. And as some of you may know, Plast Tag is on the main road. However, this bedroom is at the back of the house where there is no roads or anything. It's just a, a wooded area and there were lights going around the room, different coloured lights. It's the most amazing experience I've ever had. Another time I was in that room, because I've been more than once, we were getting ready to leave because we felt the room had suddenly gone very dark and it was very ominous. So as we were getting ready to leave, there's an old gas lamp that's on the table at the back and the lampshade exploded. It just shattered like spontaneously. It was like a spontaneous combustion almost. And it just shattered. Everyone screamed and it was terrifying another experience we had we were doing a spirit board and 
they ask if any spirits have come with anyone that is in the group. So any spirits that have come with anyone. And it said, yes. So we went back to the middle. They, we said, can you spell out the person that you've come with? And it spelled out my mum's name, which is Donna. And it went D-O-N-A. And my mum said, well, that's a bit funny. The spirit can't doesn't obviously know me very well because it can't spell my name right. And I'm not joking, within seconds of her saying it, the glass just went D-O-N-N-A. So it emphasised going very fast on the double N. So my mum said, okay, hello, Who? what is your name? And it spelt out my nan's name. Now my nan had only passed about two months before and it was very reassuring really to know that my nan was safe. So it was like her little way of saying, I'm here, I'm safe. And yeah, it was the most surreal experience. So if anyone, if you ever get the chance to go back, please go back. I'd love to join one of the paranormal evenings that you do. And keep please keep doing the podcast. I absolutely look forward to it every week. And I am looking forward to hopefully seeing you soon. Thanks very much. Bye. Plastake is a brilliant location. Uh, I think the first time I investigated there was with the girl band Girls Aloud for ghost hunting with. Um, and I'm sure if you haven't seen it, have a look. It will be on YouTube. Um, <laughs> it, it, it really is a very spooky old location, just as Nathan described. I remember being there before the we sort of did a recce and before the girls arrived and I remember we got knocking and tapping in various rooms as we walked around and things were being thrown even without a camera being there and I thought oh my god this place is going to absolutely light up and the more nerves the girls showed the more energy they're pushing out and the more things happened and my goodness it really did I remember we were sitting around and we turned all the lights off when we were doing a uh, uh, seance and um, I think it was one of the bedrooms and all of a sudden things were starting to be thrown around in that room the girls were screaming and then a massive knock underneath the table just I mean we jumped all of us and the crew it was like what the hell's going on uh, which was really fantastic and then we all ran out of the room and we were all stood there talking about it and then Cheryl got touched on the arm and she really just did not like it. She burst into tears. She was very uh, upset about it. And on that particular show, we had a a psychologist and she had to go and talk to him because she was that upset about it. She'd never experienced anything like it. But that place, Plastag, is a fantastic location. You can go on ghost investigations there. Um, It really is steeped in history. There's stuff there, I think, that's happened that has been quite negative. The growling that you experience, Nathan, I experienced the same. And it's absolutely vile, isn't it? When you get a negative entity or a ghost um, that that does that really close uh, in your ear. I remember having that when I was um, doing a show um, uh, with Scott Mills and uh, the people from Radio 1. They came on a Most Haunted show. And the sound man actually managed to capture a growl in my ear. 
And I remember seeing Scott Mills' face. He was like, oh, come on, she's making it up. But actually, when we, when the sound guy said, no, no, I've got it. It's here. I've caught it on Yvette's radio mic. And there was nobody else around me. And I think that was in the old Ram Inn in York. Um, and they, they, Scott and the Radio 1 team just couldn't believe it. And they played it on Radio 1. It was absolutely fascinating. You know, why do ghosts do that, Nathan? Why do they like to growl in your, in your ear? Um, there's two reasons. They're either a negative entity or a ghost that just likes to have a laugh. They love to scare you. Um, and I often think about my dad. My dad was a huge pranker. And if he didn't, you know, if he, in the spirit world, and if somebody came into our house, perhaps, that he didn't like, he might go in their ear <laughs> just to watch them freak out. And maybe that's what's happening in Plastique. Um Another thing that you, that you ask is why do things go cold when a, when when a spirit is near, and that's a really good question. And this happens an awful lot. And when we're doing investigations, and particularly most haunted experience, and you often get people, they will stand there and say, "Oh my God, it's gone." absolutely cold. I am freezing. My legs are freezing. I think the temperature drops when a ghost or spirit is near because they use the energy and warmth in the room to materialize. If not to materialize, to do something, whether that be a growl in the ear, whether that be any other kind of voice phenomena, making the EMF meters fluctuate anything at all, and but they need to use energy before they can manifest it. So thank you, Nathan. Thank you so much for sharing your experience. And Plastag certainly isn't for the faint-hearted. Let us know if you go again and if you have any more spooky experiences. Now, during the time on the show, we had a number of celebrity guests join us, including Vic Reeves and Nancy Sorrell, Gabby Roslin, Uri Geller, Scott Mills, as I mentioned, Simon Gregson, Sue Cleaver, Daniela Westbrook, Carol Thatcher, Lee Ryan and Patsy Rowlands. On Instagram, you let us know one of your favourite celebrity guests was Paul O'Grady. Cyan YJ123 said that her favourite episode was anything with you and Paul O'Grady. Well, Cyan, forgive me if I've said your name incorrectly. It could be Siobhan. I do not know. So please, please, please forgive me. I'm sure you'll let me know. Uh, you will be happy though to know we did an episode of Paranormal Activity with Paul and it was very funny. So why not check it out? One of the most mentioned episodes was the Leopard Inn in Stoke-on-Trent. Oh, what an amazing place this was. My experience here was one <laughs> of total terror. For those of you um, who saw the show, and I know I can see you watching now and you're laughing and rolling your eyes and going, yes, Yvette, I remember watching that. To the outside, it was a bog standard looking pub. But once you went up the back stairs, you know, the, the actual bar area was, you know, very pleasant, very normal. And then there were this sort of, uh, sort of a glass stairwell and you opened the door and you went through up the stairs. But as soon as you walked up those stairs, you could feel it. You could feel it. there was something really negative and evil there. And instant, I could feel my heart. It was just pounding. I was so frightened. There were three floors, if my memory serves me right. And you have to forgive me because some of the facts I, I won't be able to remember. Um, and they looked like something out of a horror movie. It was horrific. Even with lights on, uh, it was still dark. 
you know, it, and when we turned the lights off, it was cold, it was dark, it was menacing. Now, everybody, every member of the crew was absolutely petrified. You know, I could even see the fear on Carl and Stuart's faces. They were not happy at all. Um, and one of the first things that happened was, I think we were setting up, uh, Carl had set up a locked off shot along one of the, the very dark, long corridors. And all the doors all the doors, and bearing in mind, I think these three floors, they, it was a hotel. It dated back to the Victorian times. It was a hotel. So you had something like, I can't remember, something like five doors, five rooms, six rooms on each floor uh, on one side. On the other side was just a long black wall on the right-hand side. But he set this locked off shot. And the next thing, bang, 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 all at the same time, all the doors just slammed shut. It was in absolutely incredible. And you could see, we caught the shadow and the sound of all these doors going at the same time. It was it was incredible. And then I remember being with, I think I was with Darren, I'm not sure. And Stuart was right down the other end of the, of, of the corridor. And we heard this almighty smash and a chair had come out of one of the rooms and landed in the corridor. And I just screamed the bloody place down because I didn't. We didn't know what the noise was, and you're in the complete darkness, so you can't see your hand in front of your face. And this huge crash happens. Of course, you're going to shit your pants. It just—it's a natural thing. That was extraordinary. We ran towards it. Stuart ran from the other other end of the corridor. What the hell's going on? What's going on? And there we discovered this chair in the centre of the corridor. I then went back with Darren to right to where we'd come from. And I think it was a bathroom and we were stood in the bathroom. Well, talk about growls earlier on. There it was. You heard it. I think the camera caught it. I heard it. <laughs> I had big pants on that night. Let me tell you. Uh, it was incredible and uh, very frightening. And uh, I think I did a lone vigil, but I said, I'll only do it if I'm by the main staircase. And that's what I did. I stood at my my own on the main staircase, but I think somebody was right down the other end. And I heard um, somebody walking up the, past me, walking up the staircase, really heavy, laboured feet. And there was nobody there. I ran up to check, was feeling brave. I ran up, I've changed my pants. I ran up the stairs, feeling brave, and there was nobody there. I think we worked until the very early hours of the morning because so much happened. It was a fantastic place. I, I remember also Glenn uh, Hunt, the skeptic, he was just blown away by the whole, the whole place. It was incredible. We also caught, we had a locked off camera as well. And we were looking over the top of the banister down the back stairs. Do you remember I talked about the sort of glass doorway at the bottom? And we actually caught a shadow of something or legs walking across the bottom uh, of the door frame, and nobody was there. Nobody was in that property apart from us. It was absolutely fascinating uh, and terrifying. Sadly, um, it burnt down recently and we were gutted and not many people know this, but we actually, Carl and I tried to buy it um, so that we could use it as a location for all you lovely people that are listening um, and that fancied spending the night at the Leopard Inn. Um, and what a great place it would have been to have set up locked off cameras, to have had its own website where we had live camera streams 
streaming um, and for people to come in and use it as our most wanted base. Um, so we were absolutely gutted. Somebody uh, bought it. Uh, they picked us to the post. And then sadly, uh, I think this person wanted to make it into a hotel. Uh, and then sadly, um, a few months later, it was in the news that it was gutted by fire. So it was really upsetting to see. But wow, what a place to go and investigate. I tell you what, though, if he ever does, whoever has bought it, if he ever does make it into a block of flats uh, or apartments, God help the people that live there. And now I'm joined by producer of Most Haunted and one of our bravest investigators. And I'm very proud to call him my husband, Carl Beatty. 20 years of Most Haunted. 20 years, who would have thought? I know, it's it's amazing. So, I've asked you to cast your mind back and think about perhaps some of the best memories that you can think of that uh, stick out for you, that kind of sum up what Most Haunted is. It's weird, because I remember when you and I were were, were first sort of working it out, and, and, and we just came up with the idea, and we were seeing how it happened. We never really truly knew what what it was going to be until we started filming. Mm. And I think that's one of the things I will always remember after yourself and me being in television for, for many years prior to that, that it's the only show I've ever, ever been on where there was no script apart from your opening mm. piece to camera and, and no one knew how the show was going to be. That's true. Um, pilot at Michelin Priory will always stick in my mind as being this sort of very naive thing that we were doing, not having no idea it would take over the world, no idea that it would become um, this, this, this amazing show that it's become and no idea it would last for 20 years. One of my biggest memories was Chillingham Castle, which was our second location we yeah. ever shot in. It was something happened at Chillingham Castle that made me realise there are spirits. There Is are, that the box moved? It's a box moved. I was in a room on my own. And I'm glad no one was there. The door was shut. Mm-hmm. And by the very nature of, in a, of a castle, I was in a room with no windows. So there's no draft, there was no breeze, and there was just me. And I just said, if you're there, move something. Just move something. And this box moved around six inches. Mm-hmm. And strangely, I caught I didn't realise I caught it, but I caught it on the, the edge of camera. Mm-hmm. But for me, because I was on my own, I just went, This is fantastic. This is real. This is not my imagination. This is something that's gonna grow. And since it happened so early on. It's been just this great journey, this fantastic voyage that we've had. And the more that we've done and the more we've worked together, more stuff seemed to happen to us. I think if you've got a good team Mm. and the more the team works together for the right reasons, the more stuff you'll get. Now, if you look at the way the team has evolved from the first time we, we started, we've had lots of people come and go and that's... Yes, some some of it's because uh, people freelance. You know, we've we've had freelance people on there that have other work mm. to do, and obviously a, a tight filming schedule. You have to get other people in, and but I think that was quite good mm. at, at the early days because we've had cameramen that ran away from the shoots if you yes. remember because yeah. of what they witnessed. Sound guys not wanting to do anymore because of what they've heard. Yeah, more so in the last sort of nine series we did. I think we've been getting more because. We've taken away certain elements. Like I know we've spoken about, we, we don't have psychics on board anymore. We now do an investigation and we go where we feel we mm-hmm. want to go. And sometimes that splits us off into two, three, four groups, um, sometimes on our own. 
And I think that we find more because we're going where we may hear something. We're not relying on one person who may or may not be real in mm-hmm. what they say they are. Um, and that's why I think we're getting more because we're all there. The egos have all been thrown out the window and the people that we've got now are just there for the, for the same purpose and that's to try and find some evidence of paranormal activity. You mentioned the word ego there. And why do you think it is? Because after discussing and, and, and meeting so many people that are in paranormal groups and mediums and so on, why do you think that, I don't know, especially on a TV show, that the egos can, the egos can actually destroy something that's really good? Why do you think that happens? Stupidity um, and, and generally bad management sometimes, uh, and that's not the production company. That usually comes either from agents or broadcasters. Mm. The way I've always looked at Most Haunted is we've just we've been doing a paranormal investigation that happens to be on the television. We're not doing a television program about a paranormal investigation. Mm. And if you approach it. To the latter, you start thinking, oh, how am I going to look? What am I wearing? How am I going to sound? And if, if I speak more, the more um, moments I have on camera. If I throw myself on the floor, more, more people are going to be looking at me and the more press I get, the more. And when you start that and then you start demanding more money, and we've, we've had it all along. People we've, you've got to remember, you and I picked up all these people from obscurity. Mm. And sometimes their ego becomes so huge and it ruins not just them fortunately most haunted it never ruined it because you know we we, the channel fired some people we got rid of some people when they go off they all think that they're going to do great stuff and their ego still goes with them Mm. and it doesn't take long for producers to look at that and think well we we don't want to work with that and that's why they sort of hit into oblivion and i think it's such a shame because you don't need an, an ego you just do what it is you're supposed to be doing. What you love doing. What you love doing. And and, and if you're, um, whether you're a psychic, a historian, a skeptic, a believer, wh- whatever it is you are, a crew member, just go and enjoy the fact that you're doing this amazing thing, which you and I always have done. We've just enjoyed being there. This whole thing, this whole beast that is most haunted for 20 years, it, it, has, it has taken over our lives because... <laughs> I think, not that we allowed it, but because we had such a passion, mm. and it was a passion. And, a and fight. you describe a fight. It was an absolute 100% total love affair that turned into a marriage that then had its ups and downs. Yeah, we uh, almost split up a few times, not you and me. No, uh, us no, and most haunted. That's, well, I w- <laughs> wanted to resign, didn't I, after Edinburgh Vaults? So it, it, but it's morphed into being part of me and you. It is me mm. and you. And I think that's what's so important. I mean, I look at, you know, because I go online sometimes, and I look at some of these paranormal groups, and they are some of the most fantastic groups out there that are doing the most amazing mm. work. And they are week in, week out, you know, freezing their backsides off, going it and really doing it. And I think that's amazing. And I just cross my fingers and I really hope, you know, with the birth of obviously the internet, we didn't have the internet when when we started doing this, but with the birth of the internet and the more hits they get and perhaps they might get interviewed for a newspaper or eventually get you know, drawn into doing a TV show. I really hope they can they can subdue 
egos and and not go through the crap that we had to go through i, th- I think that the biggest thing i will always proud of is the legacy that we mm. that we've created and we leave behind obviously we've still got a long way to go yet but um, when you think that every single ghost hunting show out there now all of the ghost groups that go out on weekends mm-hmm. and i'm not saying there were ghost groups before most haunted yes, there but was. There, there was only a few That's now you right. think of that, that every single weekend there are hundreds if not thousands across the world mm-hmm. there are all of the, the the ghost shows that are out there and all of the movies and i was thinking this the other day that every single film that there's been about ghosts ghost hunters and lost footage and all of this and I know people go, well, the Blair Witch was before you, but that wasn't ghosts. That was witches. Mm. This is all of this kind of people that went into a haunted house and something happened. It's all down to us. <laughs> it's all down to the fight that you and I had. And remember, and we've we touched on this in previous podcasts, you know, we fought, we opened the doors for this. We had to talk with, then it was um, the ITC, Not now it's Ofcom, but then it was the ITC. We had to fight with them to make it to allow us to go on air we had to all of the stuff we had to pass by them the channel we had to fight for now a lot of people don't remember we we had a lot of problems one person in the channel at the time hated the show didn't want it on the show and that and later made a whole career out of it as a lot of people did but i think that we did everything to try and get it off didn't they oh absolutely and and if if you recall halfway through series one i'd had enough yeah i I just wanted to go back to being a cameraman and and i tried to sell the whole thing (laughs) for 10 grand (laughs) the company the just the show and everything yeah it was was evil wasn't it really what we went through it was a very very hard time and and every time and we were told one of the commissioners said later on um i said why did you treat us so badly when they left and Mm. it was great when a when a commissioner leaves that they become honest with you not in every broadcaster but certainly in this case and she just said because we were afraid you'd get too big Mm-hmm. And we didn't know what to do with the show. It was too huge for us. And we said, but that's silly. You know, mm-hmm. you, you take, we had PlayStation games. I mean, they they came to us and said, we'd love to do a most haunted yeah. PlayStation game. We passed it on to the channel and somehow whatever happened, no. they, 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 um, it went away. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you remember I said to you, I said, I think most haunted's cursed. Do you remember? I, I, I think it was fear. <laughs> it I, I, wasn't, I, that's yeah. how but that's how it felt, though, at the time. It, it felt like every time we tried to do something, it was like going two steps forward and one back. It was very frustrating. It, it was. I think after Series 6, it kind of it lightened up a bit, mm, as I it recall. Did, yeah. um, and, the, and we got a lot more viewing figures after Series 6. And you look back and you think, look, at. I mean, we've had the most amazing experiences, adventures. Oh, yeah. We've met and made friends with the most fabulous people um lifelong friends we've also fallen out with people and been treated like shit you know it has been a 20 year uh roller coaster and really honestly it has been a roller coaster of a of a ride but for me because going back to when i started the conversation with you it is like a marriage and you want to hold on to that wedded bliss for as long as you possibly can Mm. and so because me and you believe in it so much you know i know myself that i will always want to continue Most Haunted in some kind of form. I mean, at the moment, you're sat up there editing like an absolute hermit. I mean, I hardly see you because you're... I can't edi- remember your name. 
you're editing stuff for the Most Haunted app. There's stuff going on YouTube. You're also editing new programs that are going out around the world. So there's still this appetite for Most Haunted. What do you hope for the future? Do you think we've done it? We've been here 20 years, maybe, you know, it's wrapped up within the next couple of years. Or do you think to yourself, no, like you, I just want to continue doing it because I love it. Um, well, I think I think same as you. I, I, I th- we'll always be doing something like this because I think we've come too far, and there's certain knowledge that we've managed to to gain from doing it that I wouldn't want to stop. I would want to carry on gaining that knowledge and gaining those mm. experiences. One of the evolutions is the most haunted experiences on weekends. Yeah. I, I, when, when I watch a group of ten people that you're in a room with experience the same as we can experience. And some of those people come being very sceptical, kind of sit there with their arms folded and go, well, go on and impress me kind of thing. Something happens and it's great when they come to you at the end of the night and go, I cannot explain what's just happened. Mm. You think that's great because at least they are the the, the sceptics or the whatever who put the money where their mouth is and go, I'm going to have a look. Sometimes nothing happens, but I love that. I love being involved in that very quick response you get from fans of the show. And and I think in the future, yes, it would be nice. I mean, who knows what's going on with television? I don't think any That's broadcaster one of the big truly questions. knows. Yeah, whether, what, one of the big questions, is it coming back on TV? Well, you never know whether um, you know, you've got all these streaming services. You hear nightmare stories about owing uh, streaming services owing a load of money and losing subscribers and one minute and then the next minute they're making profit so no one truly knows what's going on with the broadcast industry Mm. however there's still that old-fashioned thing and maybe it's because you know i'm an old-fashioned guy A, a commission for most haunted would be nice another um moving forward with the show because the show is the leader when it was on really TV. It wasn't just their most watched paranormal show. It was their most watched show. Um, and you know, the, we were number one every time we were on and it, it goes to show you when we, even when we went to YouTube with stuff, we were trending on social mm, media and we're yeah. the only <clears throat> television show that's gone over to YouTube. That's that's trended or on. social media that is trended. So, you know, there's people that want to see it. I just would like to see uh, a most haunted the next generation. I think there's a great show where we can start to bring in a new team picked by those people at home on social media. They're, they're, I'm not saying like a um, one of those awful panel talent, no, not panel like show that. things, no, no. but I'm thinking something where people are picked by the audience at home by social media and and they come in and they take our place bit by bit. They take our place and then the next generation is there. They move it forward Mm -hmm. in new ways, better ways than us probably. Because we can't keep going, can we? I mean, you know, we're getting getting a bit older now. Well, to be honest, I mean, my Zimmer frame won't (laughs) won't fit in the car. I've got to keep getting a bigger boot. No, I love that idea. I really do. And I think most haunted the next generation, I think would excite an awful lot of people. And it'd be wonderful to have different crew members from different backgrounds and different religions, because that to me really, well, that would be absolutely fascinating, wouldn't it? But I think that's it, that, that we, sh- we should be looking at people. And I, one of the things that, you, you know me, I, I, I believe in complete and absolute fairness across the board. I think we should have people who fit um, a job description, not for who they are, what they are, what gender, mm. religion, whatever. However, I think it's great to have in something like this, different religious mm 
even if they're not religious, practicing religious people, as long as they may have an understanding of a specific yeah. religion, I think all of that will be great because mm. I, yeah, we all kind of believe the same thing. We have just have different books that we we, we yeah. pick stuff from, and, and people have different you know, different variations of that. And wouldn't that be great to have almost a a, a world united paranormal group? Yeah, um, that has got people in it, not. You know, not because they tick a box, not because of their race, colour or creed. It's because they can do the job they want to do, yeah. regardless of anything else. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed and that's all we can do. But yeah. that's Most Haunted going into the future. That's what we dream of and that's what we hope of. In the meantime, we'll just keep doing what we do because we love it and we'll keep doing a Most Haunted experience. And you're off this weekend somewhere fabulous and I'm doing something. I think I'm... I don't know when this goes out, but I, I, I probably by the time you listen to this, I would have spent the night in a most haunted <laughs> nuclear bunker, for goodness sake. Well, thank you for listening to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and a huge thanks to all our lovely listeners. Thank you, yes, you, for sharing uh, your visitation stories with us. You can get in touch if you want to and share your own stories at this address. It's paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com or you can phone this number on WhatsApp, 075-999-27537. That's 075-999-27537. You never know, I could pick up the phone. No, only joking. And of course, there's Instagram, and here's the handle, at Paranormal Activity Pod. It's at Paranormal Activity Pod. Stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow, and we will be back again same time next week. But if you can't wait until then, visit www.paranormalpod.co.uk where you can find options to get episodes a day early, you lucky thing. Um, And have a great week, stay safe, and remember, things aren't always as they seem. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special moms in your life. In what better way than with Osea's limited edition skincare sets featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited-edition sets, perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their Golden Glow Body Set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for silky, smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow and Go Facial Set has everything she needs to achieve spa-level results at home. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. For a limited time, you can save up to $48 on Osea's sets, plus get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. Pamper the moms in your life and get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. 
That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code mom.